Hey guys, welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. I'm here with Zach Rizzuto. We're going to go over some buys and sells going into week eight. Zach, how you doing? How you feeling going into week eight? About the halfway point of the fantasy season. How are your teams doing so far? Not very good. You know, Justin Herbert, not Justin Herbert, not Justin Herbert. Yeah, I was going to say Justin Herbert gave me a glimmer of hope. Not last week or any week this season. Justin Fields gave me a glimmer of hope just last week on well, actually it was Monday night. So two nights ago, I was thinking I might be able to come back when he put up those 21 points and they didn't. I am three and four in the only league that matters. I am two and five in one of my friend leagues. But the one league that I am five and two in is our followers league for upper hand fantasy. So at least nice. uh, at least I'm showing out in that one. No money on that one, of course, but that's the one I'm doing well in. Hey man, it's a lot. It's a lot of bragging rights in that one. So you know those oh, yeah. guys are pretty. Uh, you know the the guys in that league are pretty um, competitive, right? So there's been some few trades that went down and all that. So shout out to those guys in the upper hand fantasy uh, followers league. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like for me on my end, like I'm doing OK, you know, um, a few leagues. I'm I'm six and I, I, one league. I'm six and one in another league. Well, I have like seven leagues this year. I really, really cut it down. Uh, seven leagues that I really care about. I'm in a few other ones that I have people managing for me for the most part that I drafted. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, like I'm doing all right. Like I had no teams that are like absolutely dead in the water. I did early in the year. I was able to kind of make my way back a little bit. Um, yeah. But no teams that are dead in the water right now, which is good. That's, that's what you want. You know, a couple teams like four and three, three and four, you know, a couple teams that are like, I have one team that's five and two, one team, only one team that's six and one right now. Um, that team I got a little lucky in. <laughs> yeah. That league I got, I got a little lucky in this year because, uh, you know, go, kind of going up against teams that, you know, ha- haven't had the best weeks, right? Uh, yeah. That happens sometimes. Um but yeah, just continuing to make moves. And you know, if if you're not uh you know killing it so far this year, and even if you are, like there's always a move to be made that could improve your team, right? If you're if you're not doing so well, you know, you might want to take your best player and splitting that player into a couple of other players, right? Like if you have Cooper Cup, but you only have one or two wins in the season, you know. There might be a situation where you just want to take your Cooper Cup, take your Christian McCaffrey, take your Josh Jacobs, you know, split them into a couple couple really good players, couple split it to a, like a maybe a Kenneth Walker and uh, you know, solid, you know, a Chris Olave or something like that. You know what I mean? And yeah, you know, try to spread that out a little bit. So, what kind of uh that's that's the kind of stuff that you have to consider at this point because listen, you st- you can still make the playoffs, right? We still have what we got week 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. We still have seven weeks before the playoffs start. You have seven weeks to potentially make it to your playoffs, even if you don't have a great record right now. If you're 2-5 and five right now and you get five wins right over the next seven weeks, you're going to be sitting okay. You, you still have a chance, right? You're going to be sitting at 7-7, seven and yeah. seven, right? So you still have a chance. It's not dead yet. Um, continue to make moves and continue to work the waiver wire. All right. Enough of the motivational speeches. Um, yep. let's get into some news. Number one, uh, Russell Wilson says he's ready. He'll be ready to go. I, I don't know if you saw that tweet, uh, from one of their beat reporters. I forgot exactly who it was, but the tweet basically said that on the plane home, uh, you know, you know, uh, coming back from that game that Denver just had Russell Wilson, while everybody was sleeping, it was a seven hour flight, something like that. Russell Wilson for five of those hours 
was going up and down the up and down the aisles, stretching and doing and doing knee knee ups. Knee ups, is that what it's called? I, I, don't I know think that, I, I know, what, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So I I'm just like, yo, like this guy is on another level. I cannot wait until like the biopic on Russell Wilson comes out. I feel like he's on this this trajectory to just being this like amazing piece of our culture that we don't realize is here right now. Kind of like kind of like Kanye West, you know, when Kanye West was coming up doing his thing. Now Russell Wilson's being that guy. All right, here we go. I found the tweet. Zach Stevens said that Russell Wilson worked out and stretched for four of the eight hours on the flight from Denver to London. Oh, right, because they're going to London and playing in London this week. Said he was doing high knees in the aisle while the rest of the guys were asleep. That's what was going on in that flight. So, you know, I'm sure his teammates love him. I'm sure his teammates love him. Um, yeah. But he might play this week. He said he's feeling good and he might be good to go. Just wanted to put that out there just in case anybody was worried about their quarterback situation going into London. Okay. Jameis Winston, he still isn't healthy, uh, according to Nick Underhill, uh, one of the Saints beat reporters. Andy Dalton might make another start this week. Uh, he had a big game last week. So, you know, that's something to keep in mind uh, if you're streaming quarterbacks. Travis Homer has been designated to return by the Seahawks. Uh, this is only worth noting because if anything were to happen to Kenneth Walker, I believe that Travis Homer, Travis Homer would be very intriguing to me. Um, I'm a fan of his, like from what I've seen and how he's looked this year in the preseason and with his limited opportunities, he's pretty, looked pretty good and pretty explosive. Um, not to say that he could really carry a full workload, but somebody that who could potentially be efficient, you know, if, if uh, Kenneth Walker were to go down, we know that this offense is a plus offense to be on. So something to keep in mind as a potential handcuff moving forward. Yeah. Um, Zeke is not practicing today, Ezekiel Elliott, because of the knee injury he suffered during the game. Uh, keep an eye on that. Because if he doesn't end up going this week, Tony Pollard can end up going crazy. Um, I, I'd assume it's not serious since Zeke went back into the game. Um, you know, you got to keep in mind that he played with the, this uh, P, this PCL injury all year last year as well, um, and he continued to get work. But just continue to keep an eye on these practice reports as the week continues. Yeah, with Zeke, you know. He did have that PCL injury, like you said, and he has historically been extremely durable, you know, much to the chagrin of Tony Pollard owners and a lot of Cowboys fans do. But um, I, I wouldn't expect Zeke to miss time, even though the practice report, you know, it's it's only Wednesday if he's not practicing today. Um, that's usually the veteran day off. You know, I think he's earned that. He doesn't miss games. Be surprised if he doesn't play, but definitely have Tony Pollard locked and loaded in your lineup if he would happen to miss. I don't think that's going to happen. I think that he's going to get normal workload like usual. Um, if this if we hear that he's not practicing tomorrow, maybe then I might consider. But right now, I'm proceeding like a normal week. Yeah. Okay. Um, Tony Pollard, to note, Tony Pollard did end up out-snapping Zeke last week for the first uh, week this year. Um, maybe that happens, you know, just to kind of keep Zeke a little fresh, right? Yeah. Could happen again, maybe. Um, all right. Let's get right into the buys and sells, man. Uh, I spoke – we spoke – so a couple of guys we spoke about already this week that I'm not going to necessarily bring up this week. Uh, number one was Brian Robinson, like we spoke about selling him. Uh, so you can you can uh, look into. We have some clips up on Instagram. You can go and check out that uh, why we want to sell Brian Robinson. Um, we also spoke about buying Amara St. Brown extensively last week. Uh, you know, and now we have an opportunity. You know what? We're going to get into Amara St. Brown today. Actually, we can do that. Um, 
we spoke about selling Chuba Hubbard and Deontay Foreman as well, right? So, like, you can look into yesterday's episode, the, the episode before that, and we'll talk about Chuba Hubbard and Deontay Foreman. We, I also have a clip up on Instagram at Upper Hand Fantasy that goes over why we want to sell those two parentage running backs, okay? But let's get into some other names, right? I feel like if we kept the same names, we'll just be using the same guys, right? So, yeah. the first guy I want to get into is Jonathan Taylor, right? Jonathan Taylor, he is the, the RB20 in fantasy points per game this year. There's too much talent. His role is too good for him to not end up as an RB1. He played limited snaps in his first game back. I don't expect that to continue. He saw legit target share from Matt Ryan. Obviously, there's a quarterback change as well. So you get to buy him based on – you get to buy some risk as well, which is going to make him cheaper. So this high-end RB1 we drafted him to be, I think that – title is still attainable for him okay so i personally am by now before he gets fully healthy yeah i think you're right on the money you know it's definitely high-end rb1 is within you know what he can be this season so i haven't seen uh, jonathan taylor look like bad when he's on the field it's not like i'm looking at him be like wow looks like he lost a step or wow you know he he's dropping the ball a ton no he just caught seven of his eight targets he's you know getting work in the past game he's just on a bit of a count right now i think for his rushing attempts because he was coming off that injury, he's going to continue to get healthier. He's going to start to look more and more like Jonathan Taylor. And as we get further in the season, you know, assuming that maybe the Colts have a decent chance of at least being as a player for a wild card spot, you know, we'll see how things go with Sam Ellinger at quarterback. But assuming that games are meaningful down the stretch, you know, they'll start to lean on him more and more. Uh, I think that there's no reason to think that he can't get to where he needs to be uh, and where we drafted him to be. I, I think Jonathan Taylor has a talent. There's no reason to bet against him. He's just had a rough opening of the year. And as we talked about in other uh, podcast episodes, you know, he historically had started slow and heated up as the season goes on. So I'm buying Jonathan Taylor if I can right now. 100%. Um, I'm also buying Amara St. Brown. Um, you know, this is another similar situation where you can get a high-end player on the cheap. He almost had a concussion last last week. He actually did not have a concussion last week. He's in the concussion protocol. They expect him uh, to be removed from the concussion protocol pretty soon, obviously before the game this week. But this gives you another chance to buy Amara St. Brown. Okay, He's a top six fantasy wide receiver who is not being viewed as one. So, And managers are frustrated with Amara St. Brown and the fact that they haven't been able to use him for weeks. So yeah. I'm buying now from all those frustrated managers and I want to buy him now before he reminds everybody who he is for fantasy. Right. Even though you already got a piece of the pie and you missed, he already missed a game for you. You know, I'm glad to see that you're not completely turned off to that idea yet of having. And, and that's the point. I'm on you know, that's the, buy. He's a buy for me too. Yeah. That's the point, right? It's you're like, saying? you know, the fact that he, the fact that he, um, you know, he frustrated managers even more, you know, with the concussion and then him starting the game, him getting hurt so early. And a lot of people probably taking the L because of it, yeah. right? People can be frustrated. So exactly. You know, that's 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 part of the reason why yes, it can frustrate you if you have them, but it's that's part of the reason why you could buy them. Yeah, it's the perfect storm as a buyer of Amon Ross St. Brown. If you have Amon Ross St. Brown right now, you're you're probably looking to cut ties as soon as you can. Um obviously as a seller, you're not going to be able to have his price that high, and that's what's perfect for buyers. Like we said, it's a perfect storm. The production is low. You know, um, he's missed games, and he's missed games not like in a regular fashion where you know they're called out a couple of days before the game. You know, not to have him in your lineup. You mentioned, you know, 
he starts the game and he gets out on the first drive and that screws you for the day. You know, he was in their lineups. That's going to disenchant a lot of people with Amara St. Brown. So this is, like I said, the perfect buying opportunity for Amara St. Brown. We've seen what he can do. Um, the only reason he didn't continue that streak he was on of that was at least eight catches, something like that. And um, I thought something with a touchdown, but he's producing really well. He had that streak going on from last season. The only reason he's not, he doesn't have that going right now is because of the injuries that he's had. Once he's back on the field, you know, he's going to be winning some, some, some matchups this week. If you want to make a playoff push, if you're at a spot where you're like, you know, two and five or three and four, and you want to make a push. I think that you could add Amon Ross St. Brown to your team and he could get put you over the top, at least help you to win more games than you've been winning. I hear that. So another guy that I'm buying right now is Khalil Herbert. And this one might be an interesting one. People are like, wait, what? I'm going to buy Khalil Herbert. Well, David Montgomery is healthy. Okay. And it's not going to be expensive to get Herbert. And, you know, he might not even need to be the best part in the package to get him, right? He's been playing better than Montgomery this year. And his head coach has said that he will use the hot hand, right? So this is a situation where you can potentially buy him where he's already getting work, right? He is like the 1B in a very, very close situation. He only had two less opportunities than David Montgomery, right? And might as well talk about selling David Montgomery at the same time. Like, I, I, you know, we were going to get into that a little bit later. But, you know, David Montgomery, like I'm selling him right now because he's had three solid weeks, right? So you still have a, a, a nice little sell window open for him. You know, Montgomery was on Montgomery was on the field for only 56% of snaps against the Patriots on Monday night. And Herbert, like I said, only trailed him uh, by two opportunities. Both of them got touchdowns. David Montgomery got a touchdown in this game. So you have a little bit of a window to sell him, even though his snap share did come down. And the fact that, you know, Herbert has been looking good with his opportunities this year, he can potentially gain more work as he continues to look better. And when you look at, you know, yards per carry, when you look at yards after contact per attempt, there's a lot of metrics that, you know, is leaning in Herbert's favor. So the hot hand can potentially go his way. And if he ends up being the 1A in this backfield at some point, I honestly wouldn't be surprised. I think Montgomery will maintain a role because of his pass blocking abilities and things like that. But in terms of like who they want to touch the ball more, that might be Khalil Herbert. Yeah. I think Khalil Herbert's kind of earned it, you know, earned a little bit more workload than he's been getting. I wasn't too thrown off. You know, if I'm a David Montgomery manager, I wasn't too thrown off earlier this week when they said that they ride the hot hand, you know, in the backfield. I was like, okay. David Montgomery's had a pretty strong grip on the backfield overall, um, even with Khalil Herbert playing. I wasn't too worried about it. But then I saw what happened the other night against the Patriots, and it looks like Khalil Herbert is, you know, finally going to get those touches that, you know, people were kind of clamoring for. And now I'm worried. David Montgomery did you a service, if you're one of his managers, by scoring, you know, and having a good performance like you mentioned. The only reason you can sell him, and we probably have him as a sell right now, is is because he scored. Otherwise, it would be way low. So salvage what you can right now. It looks like Khalil Herbert's going to be a bigger player in this backfield than you know it looked like at the beginning of the season. And I'd be surprised. You know, I was actually able to pick up Khalil Herbert in one of my leagues off the waiver wire. If you could trade for him, um, I would still work at it and say that David Montgomery, if I'm shooting, trying to get Khalil Herbert, if I'm trying to buy him, I'd say, okay, David Montgomery's still in that backfield. You know, I want him, but you know, he's not exactly you know a high value yet. If you know if the guy that has him is playing hard to get with you, just remind him that David Montgomery is still there and they both produced. Um, I think that 
you shouldn't be paying too much for for Khalil Herbert. Do not overpay. But Khalil Herbert on sleeper right now is only 50% rostered, which is unbelievable to me. Like he's getting work. He's one of the best handcuffs in the game right now. He needs to be rostered, man. And that's Mm -hmm. how cheap you can get him right now. He's basically a waiver wire pickup in a lot of leagues. So he should not be, this should not be a one for one type of deal, right? You want to grab him with another better player from another team, right? If I'm trying to buy one of these other guys, like for example, I have a few other guys in here who are worth more. Let's say Khalil Herbert's on the same team as whoever has Amara St. Brown, and I'm trying to buy Amara St. Brown. You put a, put together a nice little package for Amon Ra, and you're like, you know what? Throw in Khalil Herbert too. That's kind of how I would play it, right? Not not as in like Khalil Herbert's the main piece, and like you're so you want Khalil Herbert so badly because don't show your cards here, right? Like yeah. Khalil Herbert should be the guy you're like, oh whatever, I'll just take him as an add-on, take him as a backup running back. I need some running back depth, right? But meanwhile, Khalil Herbert can potentially, uh, meanwhile, his value, meanwhile, Khalil Herbert's value can potentially keep rising over the next few weeks. I think his value has gone from handcuffed to now he has some standalone at this point because he's getting a little bit more carries. And obviously, the sample size is a little bit small for Khalil Herbert, what we saw, but it looked really good. And it kind of, you know, backed up the report saying that they're going to ride the hot hand. No, that was the first time I think this season that we've seen them say, all right, we're going to ride the hot hand. And then the usage actually reinforced that. So that's kind of why I'm, you know, warming up to Khalil, Her- Khalil Herbert, where I wouldn't have a couple weeks ago. That makes sense. All right, let's move on to Michael Pittman. I'm buying Michael Pittman right now, and a lot of people are like, "Ew, ew, ew." I don't want to buy Michael Pittman. I get it. I get it. And this is why that that whole sen- the whole sentiment around Michael Pittman isn't great right now. Okay. Yeah. He's coming off a down game. He's going through a quarterback change. But now you get to buy the risk associated to him on the cheap, right? He has been putting up numbers with subpar quarterbacks over the last two seasons, right? We already know his floor isn't really that low, right? So the fact that you can buy him, you know, you kind of know what his floor is. His ceiling can be higher. Sam Ellinger might end up just, you know, hyper-targeting him, right? There is that possibility. So with that possibility still there, they're, they're moving on from Matt Ryan for a reason. I think that there is a potential for Michael Pittman's value to actually increase without Matt Ryan. I don't think it's going to decrease much. It's either going to stay the same or it's going to increase. I don't see it decreasing. So for those reasons, and with all of the negativity surrounding him right now, like the aura around him is not positive, right? A lot of moving pieces. I'm buying Michael Pittman because I know the talent is there. I know he's an alpha and he's going to eat first in that offense uh, in terms of pass catchers go. Yeah, I'm with you. And the fact is he's been dealing with, you know, turnover at quarterback and subpar quarterback play his whole career. So it's hard to project him to be doing any worse with Sam Ellinger quarterback than Matt Ryan. Um, uh, Matt Ryan, you know, he is he can deliver the ball. He can produce fantasy relevant wide receivers. But the problem with Matt Ryan has been that, you know, he's turning the ball over and taking not himself off the field, but the entire Colts offense off the field. I think this is the reason they're turning Sam Ellinger to see if they could just get a little decrease in the turnovers and see if that keep that can give the Colts more opportunities on offense. I don't see a situation where Michael Pittman gets downgraded either. I agree with you. I think that the only way for him to go from this point is up. He's been inconsistent. You know, he's had big games and he's had games where he's a little bit off. But the floor, that, like you said, even his bad games, they're not completely – they're not like putting up donuts. They're not like right. a guy like Terry McLaurin is going to do to you. You know, Michael Pittman is going to be just fine. I think that, you know, you can definitely leverage the negative 
um or like you said surrounding him i i would try to get him as you know pretty pretty darn cheap because like you said right now i think that there's enough negative sentiment around him that you could pull off a couple steals um depending on the players that you have now what another running back that i wanted to buy was devin singletary now there's no overlay for him or anything like that, Mike. Don't worry. Uh, but Devin Singletary, you know, he is a solid RB2 for me, okay? The only reason why I'm a little hesitant to buy Devin Singletary is because we know how active the Bills have been in terms of chopping for a running back. I know they wanted Christian McCaffrey super badly once he was on the market. Um, you know, there's other running backs available, Kareem Hunt potentially, Antonio Gibson potentially. There could be a, a, a little bit of a shift in that running back room, right? Um, yeah. however, if you, if you're desperately needing a running back, I think Devin Singletary is somebody who has high upside, who, who is relatively affordable right now, right? Guys like him, guys like Raheem Mostert, you know, these are affordable RB2s that you can buy, you know, if you're really, if you really, really need a running back, right? Guys like a guy like Raheem Mostert though, you know, he, he's never put together a season where he's had this many touches before in his entire career and he's past 30. Okay, yeah. so buying him right now like is makes me super. Uh, I'm use if I have him, I'm using him, right a until the wheels fall off, pretty much, because he's a solid yeah. RB two right now and a good offense. Um, but Devin Singletary, right? He's on a great offense, right? If the if the Bills don't end up making a move for a running back, he's going to be an RB two for you the rest of the season, especially in competitive games. Um, so he's a guy that I'm looking to acquire if you're looking for that RB two um, with upside. Because he's involved, you know, playing seventy-five percent of snaps or more in these competitive games, um, somebody you can potentially buy, but you have to know the risk here, especially before the trade deadline. The trade deadline is on Tuesday, coming up, yeah. uh, November first. So, you know, <laughs> if, if they don't make a move for a running back by then, I think you're golden at that point. Yeah, I, I think you can buy Devin Singletary. I wouldn't be paying much for him at all. I, I'm not a big fan of the risk associated, and we've seen. You know, him get used a lot. And then there are games where he just doesn't get used at all. I think that Bill's running backs have had that tendency since, you know, LaShawn McCoy wasn't there. And even then, LaShawn McCoy was, you know, interesting in his own right. But I think that, you know, with Josh Allen at quarterback and Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis, guys like that in the passing game, it's a pass first offense still. Uh, I think it's going to be very situational. I think the risk is enough for me with Devin Singletary to kind of avoid him. You know, he's not my, I think he might be my last choice to trade for in a supreme pinch, maybe I would trade for him. But for me, I think the risk is a little bit low, especially like you said, if you're in a spot where you need production right now, I think that his volatility doesn't really, you know, come off to me as appealing if I'm going to be looking in the trade market. I go for a guy, you know, obviously Kareem Hunt hasn't been excellent, but I maybe target him, a guy like him, and you go after him because he's uh, had a little bit more, you know, stability in his workload. And I think that, you know, even though the Bills' offense is very good, I think the Dolphins' offense is, you know, kind of right up there with them. I, I, I'd go with Raheem Mostert over Devin Singletary if I had the choice. Did you? I, I didn't quite catch that. Did you? Did you mention Kareem Hunt? I said about Kareem Hunt maybe as a trade. Um, yeah, someone you trade for. It's the I, I, I kind of like that. I, I want to hit on that real quick. I, I think that's a good name that you just brought up. He has been yeah. um, underperforming on his touches. You know, this year. Right, he hasn't scored that many touchdowns. He's pretty much he pretty much has the same exact role that he's had last year, without the touchdowns. Yeah. So he's somebody that you know has had enough touches to the point where like he could get involved a little bit more. Right, David Njoku, you know, has been getting targets over the past several weeks, um, this season really, 
And, you know, Kareem Hunt could potentially earn his way to a couple more targets a game because of that. Um, I can see Kareem Hunt having a much better second half of the year than he's had the first half because he hasn't really made too much noise in the first half of the season. And we're not used to that. You know, by this point last season, the dude was a you know probably like the RB15, RB16 on the year, right? Yeah. Um, even though he's not super consistent, but he's somebody that, you know, you can plug in and hope to have a big game. Uh, and I think he's a good target because you can buy him pretty cheap. And then on top of that, you know, he has that RB1 contingency value if Nick Chubb were to ever get hurt, right? So he would be an RB1 play on top of that. And then, you know, he's being offered right now for a fourth-round pick. So yeah. if any teams are, uh, you know, are looking for a running back in the NFL, they can put up a fourth-round pick and they can grab Kareem Hunt and he'll be an RB1, fantasy RB1 for you. Right. So yeah. if you trade for Kareem Hunt right now, you're desperate need for a running back. The back is against the wall. Go for it. Go yeah. for it. Get Kareem Hunt. Okay. Good and point. it's not I'm even you, it's I'm not going to run you much. It's production. It's not anything. No. Yeah, he it's not going to be much that you're gonna have to pay. I think you look at it, the usage to me kind of indicates that you know the Browns are very actively shopping Kareem Hunt, I think, because the first yeah. five weeks he had 15 touches, 15 opportunities, 15 opportunities, 16 opportunities. 13 opportunities, and then 14 opportunities. The past two weeks, he's had five opportunities and seven opportunities, which tells me that, you know, suddenly they're not using him. They might not want to leave him as part of their game plan very much anymore if they're going to move him. So yeah, if there's a chance that he gets moved, I think there's a very good chance that he gets moved. You know, I uh, think then so. you're golden. If he gets traded somewhere, his value goes up immediately. Um, and then you look, if he doesn't get moved, say November 1st comes and goes, and he doesn't get traded, they're not going to let him sit on the roster and do nothing. He's going to play anyway. And I think that we'll start to see that usage go up anyway, um, despite the fact that, you know, he was the center of trade talks, um, this trade deadline. I, I think that he's going to be fine. I think that you could go trade for him right now, get him very cheap, and the return, regardless of what happens, is going to be good for you. I think so. I think that's a great point. Um, I, I had another point in my head about Kareem Hunt, and I totally forgot what it was, but that's okay. Let's move on. It'll Let's move on to, to Fournette. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. Um, I'm selling Leonard Fournette, man. And and this one is tough for me. This is really tough for me. I was struggling with this one personally. The Bucks were in a must-win situation last week, right? And Leonard Fournette, you know, wasn't on the field in a lot of critical situations. And Rashad White has been way too involved on in every situation, on all three downs, two-minute drills, that sort of thing. And he, he's, he has been on the field 40% of snaps or more taken away from Fournette three times over the last four weeks, and he's looked good. I'm not saying that, that Rashad White is going to take over this backfield, but what I'm saying is that Fournette might not have a stranglehold on all these touches, right? He might not have a stranglehold on all the routes. Um, you know, that's my concern for him. And on top of that, the Bucks offense isn't looking good. So maybe this offense ends up turning around. And Fournette can end up, you know, returning some value. And he's going to have his games just like he did over the past two weeks before this past week. But with yeah. Rashad White getting better, with them seemingly wanting to have him, you know, play more, I think as of, you know, this week, you can still get solid value for Leonard Fournette. I think he's still being viewed as an RB1. I'm still playing him as an RB1 as of right now. However, it's a little shaky. Me personally, I want to move Fournette now, get some good value back, like good value, right? And, you know, kind of de-associate myself with the risk that Fournette has right now. 
I think this might be an overestimate of the risk that we're talking about. You know, I, I, I know Rashad White has looked good, and obviously the Buccaneers offense hasn't looked the same as it did last season. Uh, we're blowing out of proportion a little bit the risk here. I look at Leonard Fournette's usage, and it's very appealing to me. I like what I saw the two weeks before this last week, obviously, against the Panthers. And this is just a new low for the Buccaneers. I don't think this kind of trouble that they're going to have on offense is going to stick around much longer, that they'll get it turned around. I look at Leonard Fournette. I'm not worried about Rashad White coming up on him. Tom Brady threw the ball almost 50 times, I think, against the Panthers. And it was a negative game script the whole time against a team that they should have been beaten up on. It's so uncharacteristic. I think that to kind of have, you know, Leonard Fournette, he did have a bad week, but I, I don't think that his risk is enough that I'm looking to move him and get rid of him. You know, I think that his upside is there and it's enough for me to hold on to him. And obviously, you know, it makes sense. I can hear where you're coming from. You know, his value, even though he did have a bad week, is still hovering up in that RB1 range right now. You could get a good return. But at this point, I'm just waiting out the storm because I think that he's going to be just fine. We saw his upside flash when he caught a bunch of balls uh, a couple of weeks ago. I think it was two weeks ago. Or, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, yeah, I'm, not, ago, yep. I'm not hitting the panic button on Leonard Fournette. I'm not going to try and sell him just yet. I think he can turn around and have a good game uh, against the Ravens. I, I, I'm not worried about it right now. So. I would hold him for now. That's my assessment. I'd sell, I could, but for now, I think the best move would be to hold in this Buccaneers offense. Plenty of times, I know Rashad White is breathing down his neck. I think that as long as he's healthy, he's going to be a solid fantasy RB1. He had a bad week. I'm, I'm not worried about it just yet. Yeah, no, I hear you, man. Um, You know, if, here's the thing, right? Like two weeks ago, the targets were up there, right? And he ended up getting targeted on a ton of routes. So, this past week, he was targeted on 13% of routes, but his route participation was at 52%. The week before, it was at 73%, right? And the target share was at 17%, which was great. Target share before that was at 20%. Um, his his route participation has been above 55% once over the past four weeks, and that was in week six when he got targeted a ton. Um, the two-minute situation, Rashad White got all of that this past week which is very interesting to me. Um, the rushing attempts, Leonard Fournette was under 50% of the team's rushing attempts twice in the last four weeks. For me, like I I love Leonard Fournette. I was drafting him to be this, you know, potentially high in RB1. But if I can get back another, you know, if I can get back like Travis Etienne plus an, a wide receiver three, I might do that. If I can get back a, you know, a Joe Mixon plus a wide receiver three, I might do that. Something like that, right? Like I want, I can get high end yeah. assets back. If I want to trade them for, you know, a, a borderline, you know, high end wide receiver two, I might do that, right? Depending on what I need. Um, it, it's it's just a situation that doesn't scream like, oh man, like his his utilization. Even when the offense, if the offense improves, I'm not worried about it. If the offense gets much better, I'm not worried about it. And we might not want to, you know, be against the goat here. Like we might not want to, like you know, say like, "Oh man, this offense isn't going to get better." But it's Tom Brady; they'll, they'll likely get better. The offensive line is is actually okay. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like they've just been playing bad, um, and they've had a couple of issues. I think they can fix that. But it, it's not super encouraging to me. I and I get what you're saying. Like Leonard Fournette is a good player. They signed him for a reason, um, and what he has going for him is this on the routes that he does run he gets targeted a ton right like his targets per route run this year is at 20 percent um and over the past you know not this past week and the week before but in weeks four and five 
28% targets per route run and 35% targets per route run in week in in week four and week five. So if that continues, if he continues to get peppered on the routes that he does run, then I think I think I think he should be okay. But yeah. I might be getting I might be trying to get out of it soon. I don't know. That's my spiel. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about Tyler Boyd. Now, we're not buying Tyler Boyd. Okay, I think that's obvious. We're gonna sell Tyler Boyd. And Tyler Boyd cannot be sold on his own, right? No. Like, but he had a huge week seven. And in this type of situation, you have to try to add him to some sort of package where you can upgrade, right? So you have to mm-hmm. add him onto good players in a package, an outgoing package to try and upgrade. Okay. So if you look at Boyd's game log, it looks pretty solid. It looks really yeah. solid. He's actually the current wide receiver 17 right now. Okay. You know who, so those are great. Those are great selling points. Game log it reminds me of. Sorry. Did you hear me? I, I don't know. I, it no. was lagging because you responded a little bit late. It reminds me of Michael Pittman. Oh, there you go. There you if go. You look at maybe, it. Just maybe you game uh, game, two maybe you, games. Maybe you put Tyler a safe, Boyd a safe floor. I hear that, man. Maybe put Tyler Boyd and another guy, and maybe go get Ty- Michael Pittman. You know, maybe you could just buy Michael Pittman straight up for Tyler Boyd. That, that probably won't happen. No, but you know, you might want you might be able to add a little something to it to uh, to upgrade, right? And that's kind of what we're looking at. You're not necessarily looking to upgrade from Tyler Boyd to a better player than Tyler Boyd, but it's more like. You know, you package up a, a better player than Michael Boyd, somebody who you're starting every week, who would anyone would start every week. Add Michael Boyd, uh, Tyler Boyd to it. That, that, that was I saying, Michael Boyd, Tyler Boyd to it. Yeah, and so. then, um, and then you would, and then you could upgrade that other player that's in this package. I hope that makes sense. That's kind of how I'm looking at it. So, like, I just sold my uh, Tyler Boyd very recently. I was able to get Jonathan Taylor in a package with Tyler Boyd. Okay, it was a three for one type of deal, but you know, it, it, it worked. Okay. So like Tyler Boyd, the people who are desperate, people who need wide receivers, some depth and all that, like you never know what could happen. Okay. So I would put those packages together right now, right after Tyler Boyd had an amazing game. Right. I think that's the only way to approach it. Cause that's, I think that's all Tyler Boyd is going to be just a nice little add to a trade piece. Okay. Zach is having some, some audio issues right now. So we're going to get him off for now. Um, and then we'll we'll bring him back in once his audio gets a little bit better. Um, but let's let's continue. I'm gonna go move on to Aaron Jones right now. Aaron Jones, he's been super frustrating to have this year. Um, but he just had a two touchdown game, right? And you have to sell the Packers' offense hasn't looked good, and this touchdown he he just had a ten target game as well. So that's likely a flash in the pan. So. I'm hoping that, you know, you can take advantage of that situation. A.J. Dillon hasn't been somebody who, you know, has been super involved. But at the same time, like, I don't think I'm going to be uh, depending on Aaron Jones moving forward. That's that's kind of where I'm at with this, with, with Aaron Jones. Now, if you have Aaron Jones, he's been frustrating. But this is kind of a situation that you've been hoping for. You've been hoping for him to have a big game so that you can potentially move him. So, I'm adding Aaron Jones plus another guy, uh, another player to that package, um, and I'm going to potentially move up and try to upgrade from Aaron Jones. Uh, if I can get a wide receiver too for Aaron Jones, I do that right now. Okay. Another guy I want to sell right now is Debo Samuel, and this one's tough, obviously, because we know Debo Samuel is a very talented player, but Brandon Ayuk, he has seen more target share than Debo uh, over the last two weeks, right? And now Christian McCaffrey, 
is going to come in and take some of the overall target share away as well from Debo Samuel, all these other guys. So, you know, you got Kittle getting some target share. You got Debo getting target share. You got you got uh, Brandon Ayuk, and now you're going to get Christian McCaffrey, right? And on top of that, Debo is dealing with the hamstring injury right now. So while that's happening, I am going to sell uh, Debo Samuel. He hasn't even put like these crazy games together this year so far, right? He's had one blow-up game so far. He's been relatively consistent for you, but at the end of the day, he hasn't really won you games. Uh, he's won you one week, that week where, you know, Jimmy found him you know, in the middle of the field and he was able to like break 14 tackles against the Rams, um, you know, for that long touchdown. But outside of that, it hasn't really been crazy, right? So I'm looking to sell him now. I think there's still an allure around Debo Samuel where you can try to, you know, uh, you know, get some serious value back. And people might be viewing Debo Samuel as this high end, you know, this wide receiver one every single week. And I don't view him as a wide receiver one right now. Right. On top of that, is he going to get the type of carries that he was getting out of the backfield? He might get a few, a couple of game, but I don't think he's going to get four, five, six with Christian McCaffrey there. Right. That could potentially um, take away his value as well. Is he going to get as many of those goal line packages right around the red zone where he kind of gets those carries, those end arounds and and makes his way into the end zone? Now, his efficiency can go up with Christian McCaffrey there because defense is going to have to pay attention to both. But. I'm not depending on that. I want to depend on volume. And that's part of the reason why I wasn't drafting Debo Samuel this year. So I'm selling him if I have him. And that's about it. All right. Those are all of the buys and sells that I had. Um, I do want to answer a few questions that are in the chat right now, um, since we're kind of early on time here. So let's go ahead and, and get the, a couple of those in there. A couple of trade questions, if possible. So AJ Ramos, appreciate the question, man. Uh, we got Saquon. He's given up Saquon Barkley for Amon Ross St. Brown and Michael Pittman. I think this is a, a, a very even trade. Um, AJ, it would really depend on who your running backs are. If you have a couple of high-end running backs, I'm okay with this deal because Amon Ross St. Brown is a high is a is a solid wide receiver one, top six, top seven wide receiver for fantasy. So I'm cool with this, cool with this deal, especially in PPR leagues. Um if you can let me know who your running backs are in the chat right now. That'll be awesome so that I could see. Um, but if your running backs are solid, I'll do this deal. If you don't have solid running backs, I might not because you're not getting a running back back in this deal. Um, running backs are, you know, rare to have. High-end running backs are very rare to have this year. I might not do this deal if that's the case. But in a vacuum, I think this deal is fine. Let's go on to another trade question. Let's see who else we can get here. Rollins15 is asking, should I just go ahead and trade Fortnite for ETN? You know, if you want to get rid of the risk, I'm okay with this deal. I think Fournette's ceiling is a little higher in that offense, you know, especially with how he's been using the passing game in most of these games this year. So I think I'd rather keep Fournette right now, not trade him one for one for ETN just yet. I think you can potentially get a little bit more. If you can squeeze a little bit more out of the ETN manager, I might do that. But I think that's a he's a solid target right now because he hasn't Etienne necessarily hasn't necessarily blown up yet. It's his backfield, but he hasn't had his blow up game just yet, and it's coming. Philip Kurtz is asking: Think it's possible to get Amara for Godwin straight up ten man PPR dynasty league? Ah oh, man, in a dynasty league, it's possible. It is possible. I think you know Amara St. Brown being a fourth round wide receiver, you know his overall dynasty value hasn't been extremely high. But the performances that he has, has elevated him, right? And you don't want to bet on fourth round wide receivers in Dynasty, but at the same time, 
this is a situation where you know you could be potentially buying in cheap. I'm okay with this deal. However, Chris Godwin is is a pretty he's probably a top 15 dynasty wide receiver right now. Amaron St. Brown's probably top 20, right? If you want to take take the shot on this, I get it. I think Amaras St. Brown's ceiling is higher. So I'm okay with this. And yes, I do think you can. I do think that this is possible in Dynasty. Not, not in redraft, obviously, but in Dynasty, I do think it's possible. K-Bar is asking, would you trade Ramondre Stevenson for Jonathan Taylor? His other running backs are Mixon. He has both James Conner and Eno Benjamin, and he has Patterson on injured reserve. This is, you know, this is one of those deals, man. Um, if this is a PPR league, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I do like Taylor more rest of season. I think I would make this move. However, I think I might try to get Taylor a different way if possible. You know, I, I, I kind of want to, if I could trade Mixon plus another piece for Taylor, I think I prefer to do that. Um, I, if I could, if I could, and, and, you know, get back another piece with Taylor, um, you know, if, you know, I kind of want to balance this deal out a little bit more if possible. Uh, but in a vacuum, Stevenson to get bad jobs from Taylor, I think that's fine. I think Taylor does have more upside, especially with Damian Harris still in that backfield. You never know. Damian Harris can get moved and then Stevenson's the guy, right? So I would, I would, I would hold off for now personally, but I think that you can potentially use other pieces to buy Jonathan Taylor. I might hold off on that. Connor Heim is asking, should I trade Josh Jacobs and Cortland Sutton for Hopkins and ETN? Um, I, I would not make this deal, Connor. Um, he has JT, Mixon, and Kenneth Walker as well. That's some solid running backs right there. I would not make this deal. Josh Jacobs is, you know, the best running back that you have right now. And I don't, I don't say that lightly. You know, you have JT, you have Mixon, you have Walker. But I don't want to get rid of my best asset, you know, and, and move him. I'd rather, if you want Hopkins, you can get him, but you'll be buying him high. I'd rather get rid of Mixon, Walker, JT. I don't want to get rid of any of those guys. So personally, I might end up, I might want to trade two of these running backs to a running back needy team and upgrade. Like, can you trade Mixon and Walker for Christian McCaffrey? Like, I'd rather do that. Right. If you're looking for a wide receiver, I'd rather trade one for one. One of these one of these running backs for a wide receiver instead. All right. That's kind of how I view it. Trey's asking, is Hopkins a sell high player? I think he is. You know, I'm I I should have put him on the show here. He should have been on the show as a sell high. I do want to trade Hopkins high right now. Um he is he had fifty percent target share in his first game. That's not gonna happen, obviously. Okay. Rondell Moore was in was Rondell Moore was playing on the outside. That's not gonna happen. He's gonna play in the slot and he's gonna get seven to eight targets a game. Zach Ertz only had a, a couple of targets in this game. That's not gonna happen. He's gonna get five, six, seven targets a game. Robbie Anderson's gonna be their, their deep threat. He's gonna get some targets a game. Last year, Hopkins didn't get 10 plus targets in any game except one. And that was later on when he was banged up. But through the first seven, eight games before he was really hurt, he didn't get, have one double-digit target game. Okay? Uh, on top of that, you're going to have Marquise Brown coming back, you know, maybe in four weeks or something like that, five weeks potentially. At that point, I wouldn't bet against Hollywood to get more targets than Hopkins. So, yeah, I do think Hopkins is a sell-high player, um, and you can get some good value from Hopkins, and I would do that. I wouldn't sell him for peanuts. 
but I feel like the allure around Hopkins, him coming back and then him having a big game, I would look at I would look at the circumstances of this and realize that this is not what's going to happen moving forward. Also, Hopkins played like 50% out of, out of his routes out of the slot. That's not going to happen either, especially considering the guys that they do have playing out of the slot on, on a regular basis. Fabian's asking, are we still selling Ramadri Stevenson? No, we are not. We are not selling him. 77% of snaps this past week with Damian Harris there, with him practicing in full all week long. I'm not selling Ramondre right now until I see this becoming more of a split between him and Harris. But the fact that Harris only had three carries in this game, that bodes well for Ramondre Stevenson moving forward. All right, that's going to do it, guys, for this episode. Appreciate you guys so much. Uh, hopefully, Zach... We'll be back <laughs> tomorrow. He'll fix his audio issues uh, and, and we'll be good to go. Tomorrow, we're going to go over our quarterback rankings and our running back rankings. So make sure you get you tune in for that 9 a.m. Eastern time, or you can listen to it on the podcast, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. If you could subscribe to the podcast on one of those platforms, that would mean the world to us. If you're watching on YouTube, you can also subscribe to the YouTube channel, Upper Hand Fantasy YouTube channel. That would mean the world to us as well. Appreciate you guys. Take it easy. See ya.